Hello, my name is Jacob Gray, and I am the pastor at 10 Mile Baptist Church. I want to thank you for joining us for our online services. We believe, whether online, in person, or through missionaries around the world, that we are called to take the gospel message of Jesus Christ to the end of the earth. And we know that it is hard sometimes to check out a church for the first time, whether in person or online. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can learn more at 10milebaptistchurch.org or any one of our many social media outlets. We are so glad that you are here, and we hope that you enjoy today's sermon. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I hope that you do, uh, please open them or turn them on to uh, uh, two little books in the uh, back of your Bible, Second John and Third John. And while you're finding those two little books, I have a card <clears throat> to read to you this morning. We would like to thank our 10 Mile Church family for all the help given to us during the passing of Keith's mom. Thank you for all of the calls, texts, and prayers. The funeral meal was amazing. I do not think we could have gotten through it without all of you. Thank you for offering the church, for the visitation, and for the funeral, and for assisting with all and for all the help that has been given. And that is from Keith and Diane Cox at the passing of his mother. And so as always, I know that you've heard me say this hundreds of times now, but I read these cards to remind you that your loving one another makes a difference and that it matters to people and that we truly, in these difficult times, still can make a difference in the lives of other people. And... Um, uh, we have started a series here in January, and uh, we started a series titled, uh, Yes, Lord. And not that the Lord gives you everything that you want, but that we ought to tell him yes. When the Lord asks us to do things and calls us to step out in faith, our answer should be yes. And the first week we looked at how we as God's people should worry less. Not be worryless, but have less worries and trust God more. Last week we looked that um, we should worship Him. And if you catch the theme, it starts with W's, right? Worry, worship, and um, today we're going to be talking about walking. You see, as a little child starts to walk, they first are able to usually sit up. And as they sit up, then they are usually able to crawl or to pull up, but then they begin to walk, and as a Christian, I think it is the same for us. We have to first learn to trust God. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing, that he goes before us, that he is in control of everything. And as we trust him more, then we worship him. We worship him through our private Bible study time. We worship him in the fellowship of one another. We worship him through just many different areas of our life. And so when we begin to trust him, then we begin to worship him. And after we have trusted him and worshiped him, then we're able to walk. To walk. You see, if you don't trust God, you're going to be leery on where you walk. If you've ever tried to walk through your house without your lights on at night, you usually go 
slow, right? Most people do not shut the lights off in their house and figure out how fast you can get from one side to the other, right? I'm gonna, we're going to play a game. We're going to turn all the lights off in our house, and you're going to run as fast as you can for as long as you can and see how that works out for you. Well, no, right? You, if, you're in, if you get up out of bed and the lights are out, you walk slow, you're, you're feeling for things, you're, you're trying to figure out where you go, you've probably stubbed your toe. If, if you remember a few years ago, uh, I broke my foot uh, running outside in our garage. Uh, not a smart decision to make without shoes on, but we, we are cautious. And in our Christian walk, when we don't trust God, we walk, but we don't walk very trustworthy. We're very scared. We're very... Um, very much so lacking in that faith. And so today I want to teach you and show you that we are called to be walking in the truth. You see, in 2 John and 3 John, the Apostle John is an old man at this point, And um, he's been serving the Lord for many, many years. And I think the older you get, this will mean more to you that when you start looking back on your life and to the things of your life, you want to make sure that they are well, right? You look back at your children and your grandchildren and you start thinking, um, are they walking in a way that honors God? Are they walking in a way that honors our family? As a pastor, now that I've been here almost 10 years, uh, just started my 10th year, uh, I look back and think and, and see all that, that God has done and, and, and the people that God has saved and and so many times we talk about how many people are baptized, but what I would tell you is that uh, over half those people that we baptize are no longer here, right? Some are no longer in church at all. And so um, victories are not just seeing people baptized. It is seeing people worship God, but then walking with God. And so today I want to show you that John literally looks out at these people people that he had loved and cared for, and this is what he said meant the most to him. And so if you would stand with me out of a reverence for the reading of God's word, we're going to be in 2 John and the first, first four verses, and then we're going to be in 3 John, the first four verses. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. And listen to verse 4. I rejoiced greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. And if you turn over just a couple pages, maybe not even a couple pages in your Bible, in 3 John, starting in verse 1, it says, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Now listen to verse 4 again. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Pray with me this morning. Father, as we come today, Lord, we're so thankful for who you are. 
And Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to be able to focus on you, to push the things of this world aside, Lord, for just this short time and worship you. Father, I pray that you give us a heart to walk for you, but not just us, Lord, but for our church, for our families. And Lord, that we would evaluate things based on your decisions, not ours. And so, Lord, I thank you so much for who you are and what you're going to do today, Lord. And I ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And so as a, as a parent or as someone who has ever built something, I think the thing that I think about a lot is, is when I'm gone, you know, when, when I leave this world, what shape will I leave my family in? What will my children say about me? What will my children think about me? When I leave this world, what will you think of me? Not that it matters at that point because I'm going to be with the Lord and what you think about me doesn't really matter to me. But if I love you, if I love my children, them and you walking in truth should matter. If I leave this world knowing that three of my children are lost, don't know Jesus. That bothers me. What I want is to be able to leave this world knowing that my children are not only right with God in their salvation, but they are walking with God. As a pastor, my desire for you would be the same thing. Not, we don't celebrate a big building. We don't celebrate big crowds. We don't celebrate what we accomplish. What we celebrate is the fact that God has changed people's lives. And that you are walking in that truth. That Jesus Christ died for you, was buried, and rose again. And that every part of that has changed your life. And so today I want to show you four things that I think if you and I really love God, and love His church, and love His people love our families, that we should be walking in truth. The first one is this. We have to walk in truth with God. We have to walk in truth with God. You say, Jake, how do I walk with God? There's an old song, right? He walks with me. He talks with me. A life, a long life's merry way. And so this idea of walking with God is something that I think we struggle with, but it is truly every day of our life the decisions that I make, the choices that I make, that He is with me, that He is, he is a part of those decisions. I'm going to Him before I make a decision. I'm going to His Word before I make a choice. Listen to what it says in Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And God's talking to the people of Israel. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? What he is saying is, I have a plan for this nation. I have a plan for my people. This is the direction I'm going. These are the things I'm trying to accomplish. These are the things I want for you. But yet you will not agree to walk with me. God's saying, I'm going this direction and you're going this direction. 
And he says there, how can two people walk together if we don't agree? And he says, in your life, you have to make a choice every day to know, God, this is your word, this is your will, and I am going with you. I cannot go against you. I cannot run from you. I have to agree that where God is going is where I'm going. What God is doing is what I'm doing. And friends, you can claim to be a Christian. You can claim to be right with God. You can make all these wonderful professions. But unless you're walking with Him, you are never agreeing with Him. And if you're not walking with Him and agreeing with Him, you're not accomplishing anything. As you can tell, abundantly clear, I don't exercise. But I can remember as a child, my mom walking with the neighbor. They'd go down the road and back. They'd go down the road and back. And Anyway, you get the picture, right? And they would talk as they walked. Now, that fellowship that comes from that is invaluable. And I want you to ask this question. If I'm standing here and you're standing there, and I decide I'm going to walk to McLeansboro, and you're going to walk to Benton, we can walk, but we'll have no fellowship. Because I don't know if you know this or not, by the time you get to the road and I'm here, I can't hear what you're saying. There can be no conversation. And many of you are believers in Jesus Christ. You know it. You know that you're saved, but you have no relationship with God on a regular basis. You don't have that closeness, that fellowship. And what has happened is God is going this way and you're going this way. God says, follow me. Serve me, love me, cherish me, be obedient to me. And you're saying, I've got other things to do. And what God says is, if you really want to leave a legacy for him, if you want to leave a legacy in a relationship with him, you've got to walk with him. Second thing I want to show you this morning is, not only do we have to walk in truth with God, we have to walk in truth with our church family. You see, the Bible tells us in Philippians 2, verse 2, fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. You see, people go to churches for three reasons. One of three reasons, sometimes all three reasons. One, it's convenient, right? It's the church closest to you. It's the only church with a youth program in the county. It's the only church that has... Uh, new music. It is convenient. It is what appeals to you. The second reason people go to church is love. They love the people that are there. Their family's all there. Their friends are all there. People that they love are there. And the third reason is they believe in the mission of what the church is doing. One of those three reasons is why everyone comes to a church that loves God. There's a fourth category, and they're wolves in sheep's clothing, but we're not talking to them, right? There's three reasons. It's convenient, you love the people, and you believe in the mission. Hopefully, it's all three this morning for you. But the issue is this. Only one of those, only one of those truly accomplishes results, and that's the third one. And the reason the third one is the only one that accomplishes its results is when you come to church out of convenience, eventually it doesn't become convenient. 
Something else happens. Something else becomes more appealing. Something else becomes more uh, like you would like it. And so your preferences and my preferences are achieved somewhere else. If you come here only because of a love for other people, eventually people do what to you? Hurt you. Fail you. Disappoint you. But the third one is you believe in the mission of what the church is doing, and that is rescuing the lost, worshiping the Savior. And in that case, when it's that reason, we are able to forgive, to be of one mind, to put other things aside, because the mission is the most important. The love of God, the love of the people, the love of the things of God So we walk in truth with God, we walk in truth with our church family, but we also have to walk in truth with our family. Proverbs 22, verse 6, most of you have have this verse memorized. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will depart from it. You see, parents, are you walking in truth before your children? Husbands, are you walking in truth before your wives? Wives, are you walking in the truth before your husbands? You see, there's going to come a day when someone is going to be speaking at your funeral unless the rapture happens. And I have preached enough funerals in my life to know that my view of the person that was in the casket and the view of them from other people was not the same. And so my desire for me is when I leave this world that my children can stand up and say he was the same way at church as the same way he was at home. He wasn't real happy at church and he wasn't real happy at home. He, he was the same though, right? I know people who come into church and they're like they've drunk 38 cups of coffee that day, right? It's all happy, happy, happy. You see him on Monday morning, oh boy. No, I want to be the same. I want my kids to see me the same at home and at church. I want that to be my testimony. I want them to know that the same things I preach about here are the same things I preach there. And so the question I have to you is, are you walking in the truth in your own family? What does it gain to reach the whole world and watch your own family go to hell? What does it accomplish to make more money than anyone else and watch your children go to hell? What what does it profit to be the most well thought of person if your spouse doesn't want to be with you? You see, living the truth is not just about our relationship with God. It's not just about our relationship with our church family, but it's also about our relationship with God. Our family. And so today I want to challenge you with this. If you're walking in the love of God and the love of others, that's the two greatest commandments love the Lord your God and love others as yourself. The question is what are you going to look back on your life and say? I have invested all this time in my business. For me, I I have to fall under great conviction because I can look at my own life and say, I invest much more time in you than I do in my own home. The Lord has to remind me all the time, Jake, 
you make it an idol and I'll take it from you. And friends, God will do that to you too if he loves you and if you love him. If there is anything in your life that you are worshiping and walking in more than him, he'll take it from you. He'll take it from you or he'll let you realize that that's really what you love. The fourth and final thing this morning, as we're walking in this truth with God, we're walking in truth with our church family, we're walking in truth with our family, is we're to be walking in truth before the world. We're to be walking in truth before the world. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says these words. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, when the apostle John was writing this, something had happened. People were coming to him, telling him about all that God was doing with the church. With all that God was doing with these people that he had led to the Lord. With all these people that he had sacrificed and served for. And it blessed his soul. As a parent, do you love getting a good report about your kids or a bad report, right? No one likes the phone call. Hey, your child was bullying 13 people in class today. No. You want to get that report that, hey, your child was student of the month. As a a parent with older children, you don't want to get the dreaded phone call. Would you like to accept a collect call? The dreaded phone call, hey, your child has been arrested. Can you come pick them up? You, You don't want to hear those phone calls. You don't want to hear those reports. And what John is saying is, God is at work in your life. And I've heard about it. And today I ask you that question. Is God at work in your life and could anybody testify of it? They might testify about your ability to make money. They might testify about your ability to be be the smartest person. They might testify of your ability to be the strongest person. But could they testify that God is at work in your life? If you ask my children, does your dad really pray? What would they say? If your children were asked, do your mom and dad fight all the time? My kids would say they fight more than they should. That's just the truth. You say, oh, Jake, I can't believe that that that's the case. Listen, the Bible says that there is coming a day when we will all give an account. The question is, you might as well make it right today. You might as well today commit that I'm going to walk in truth with God. I'm going to walk in truth with my church family. I'm going to walk in truth with my family. And I'm going to walk in truth before a lost and dying world. You see, Paul, John said there, when you're walking in the Spirit, you won't be walking like the world. Why have we lost this belief that Christians should not look like the world? And the world should not look like the church. God's people ought to respond differently to every single situation that comes up in our life. Every single one of them. You say, Jake, I didn't get that promotion at work. How should I respond? Well, this is how the world responds. He goes to all his coworkers and complains that he didn't get it. He goes home to his wife and complains he didn't get it. He goes to everybody that'll listen and say, I didn't get it. The Christian says, God must not have wanted me to have it. 
but I'll keep working hard and I might get the next one. That's how the Christian responds. How about when people speak evil of you? The world says you respond in kind, right? If they go low, you go lower. You even hear some politicians talk about that. But to the Christian, the Christian, the spirit-filled believer, we recognize that we are blessed when we are persecuted. That we are blessed according to Jesus when they speak falsely of us. Now, I'm not saying I do that all the time. Because I can tell you, I can slip into the flesh just as fast as you can. But what the world sees and what the world should see is people walking in truth. People walking in truth in our lives before them, in our lives, in our homes, in our lives here together in the faith, and before the God that we love. You see, walking in the truth only happens when you've experienced the truth. And Jesus said he was what? The truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father except through him. You can take verse after verse after verse after verse throughout Scripture, John 14, Acts chapter 2, Revelations, where Jesus talks about himself. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so first and foremost this morning, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever been set free through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ? The Bible says that there is one way to be right with God, and that is through salvation. Today, you must be born again. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ died upon the cross. He was buried and he rose again. But you have to repent of your sins. Call upon his name. And you will be saved. And friends, after you are saved, then you can live out this truth. And what that word truth means is a, a relationship with him. As I love you, it's not because I want to love you first and foremost. It's because God has loved me and put a love in my heart for you. And my wife, I cannot love her the way God wants me to love her until I first have experienced love with him, and then I can love her. Same way with the lost and dying world. I don't love them on my own. I think they are a broken mess that ought to be burned up like Sodom and Gomorrah. That is exactly how I feel when Jacob Gray's in charge. Now, I know you'd never feel that way, but that's okay. You can lie all you want. When you watch things on the news, when you watch things uh, happen in our community, and you just think, well, why don't God just get involved here? But when the love of God reminds me that God is long-suffering, not willing that should perish, God has to remind me that they might just, could possibly just be what? Part of the any. And so God has to remind me, Jake, I am long-suffering, giving them day after day after day after day. And so then God reminds me, Jake, you can love them because I loved you. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to truly get along with God this morning. Whether where you're at, whether at this altar, and say, God, am I really walking in truth. God, am I walking the same direction that you're walking in my life? 
Because some of you today, God's asking you to do things that you're just not going to do. You've got other things going on. You've got other things that are drawing you away. But today, if you want fellowship with God, you're going to have to walk in the same direction that he's going. Maybe today you're saying, Jake, I'm walking right with God. But how about with one another? I read these cards every single week. Every single week almost we have a card to read. And you know what I've noticed? That when you read in these cards the calls, the texts, and the prayers. Do you think they're getting calls from everybody? Texts from everybody? No, it's usually the same people doing the calling, doing the texting. Why? Because those people really are walking. You say, Jake, I've never sent a text before. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to encourage you. Don't just sit, serve. Don't just soak, but give. You say, Jake, it don't cost you any. None, does any most everybody here has unlimited text, right? You can send a text for free. All it says is, is sorry for your loss, praying for you. You say, Jake, I don't have their number. Well, call the office. That's all it takes. A, a card dropped in the mail. You can get cards for 50 cents. 50 cents. And you'll never know how much of a difference it makes in the lives of someone else. You never know. This week I had three people tell me, I think I would love to serve on that kitchen committee that you're always talking about. I said, praise the Lord. Why? Why? Because people need to know that you love them. And they don't just know it because you sit by them. You sit in the same business meeting with them. If you want to show people in this church that you love them, it's going to take time. It's going to take opportunities that God gives you. Third, are you walking before your family this morning? Today, can you honestly say that you're the same person at home as you are at church? The same person you are at work as you are at home? Because your family deserves you walking in truth. And fourth and finally, will you commit today before a lost and dying world to live out your faith? That means when you get cut off in traffic, everything in you wants to yell and scream and flip that finger that is not number one. But maybe the Lord can start to work in your heart and you can show grace and peace and mercy. You see, if the world wants what we have, we have to first show them that we have it. That was really good. I just, you know, if the world wants what we have, we have to first show them that we have it. I love Cherry Delight as a dessert. I love it. It is my favorite dessert in the whole world. And uh, uh, Mary always brings it sometimes to our funeral meals. And I always come in first thing in a funeral meal. And I'm looking for one thing and one thing first of all. Is that dessert here? And the reason I'm looking for it is because if I see it, I know I'm going to get some of it. I don't know how many funerals ago it was, but somebody decided they didn't want to bring it. So... Not mad, not holding a grudge or anything like that at all, you know. I looked for it, and it wasn't there. And guess what? I didn't see it, I couldn't find it, so I didn't get any of it. And friends, Jesus might be the most special person to you in the whole world, but if they don't ever see him in you, why would they ever want him? 
You see, the reason I tell people that I love Cherry Delight is I've had it, and it's good. It's good. Not good for you, probably, but it is good. And because it is good, I tell stories about it right here from this pulpit. I'm going to talk about it in the fellowship hall. I'm going to talk about it wherever I go. I don't get to eat as much of it because I've been preaching against gluttony, but I ate some of it. Why? Because it is as great as I think it is. And if Jesus is really as special and as wonderful to you as you say he is, he's going to come out of you. He's going to come out of your mouth, and he's going to come out of you in your life. It's not an if. It is a win. And so this morning, as you bow your heads with me, as Jamie comes and Janice comes, God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for this church. God has a purpose for your family. And God has a purpose to use you to reach a lost and dying world. But it starts with walking in the truth. Walking in the truth. Today, I I beg of you, plead with you, as the Spirit of God works in your life today, let Him, let Him lead you, guide you, and direct you to whatever is necessary. I have no idea what struggles you're going through, what battles you are facing. I have no idea. But God does. And so I'm praying that as we have this time of invitation, that you'll make that commitment. If you're here today and you've never truly trusted Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what other people think of you, what other people say about you, you've got to get right with Him. And the only way to get right with Jesus is through repenting of your sins and calling upon His name as the Lord and Savior of your life. We just would like to thank you for watching today's sermon and we pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you, pray with you with whatever's going on in your life, Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.